tonight from the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship as once again we are late tonight in Kentucky. This year, Commissioner Farrell Elliott, and we are thrilled to be joined with one of the perennial all stars of the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship, my cohort and guest this evening on the show, Mr. Robbie Fetcher, aka the Trophy Husband. How are you, sir? Farrell, doing great trying to get through this uh, difficult time. Uh, got to got to draft this weekend, so uh, I, I know many people thank you for that opportunity to take our minds off everything that's going on. Baby, you not only got to draft this weekend, you got to draft three times, Robbie Fetcher, and we made that uh, we made that price point available this week to all our drafters. Uh, three teams for a hundred dollars. We have five drafts going off this week. Three of them are uh, draft masters at thirty-nine dollars. One of them a fifty-nine dollar draft master with an improved payout. And then our classics. Uh, this is the victory classic. Will be the fourth classic of the season. Uh, Two hundred dollar entry fee. That's on Sunday night. I don't know what you've signed up so far this week, but I'm sure we'll see your face around much to. Jim Cole and every other drafter uh, that uh, hates seeing Fetch at the table while at the same time loves seeing Fetch at the table. Uh, how are your girls, Fetch? How is the missus? How are things going for you in the lockdown situation? All five of us are spending the time in this house. So somehow we're getting uh, my wife's work done, um, getting the children some homework and some other things done, and trying to keep me sane with all these people in the house at the same time. For those of you who don't know, uh, Fetch uh, uh, married a, a lovely girl and has three daughters with him, and she is also an attorney. It's just another reason to be uh, to be a little bit. Uh, uh, the green eye of envy flashes towards Fetch. He makes all the right moves. Fetch, it's been a difficult time. And what has uh, so much in the news cycle of what we're watching uh, in, in our world, both here in Kentucky and the United States and around the world, has some of this has overshadowed what and has taken the time away from what would have been a fascinating and what still is a fascinating, we just don't have the time to reflect on it like we wish, the free agency season. Have you ever seen anything with such name players, any season with such name players making moves in the NFL this spring? You know what? We probably have, but I think what made this offseason so special is that it's at the marquee position at quarterback. And I mm -hmm. think that's what – because they affect so many other guys, especially fantasy-wise, who your quarterback is can take a receiver from being a first or second-round guy all the way down to a third or fourth-round guy if he has no one throwing the, him the ball. I mean, Julian Edelman right now, great example. I think you have to drop him – you know, he, he was third, fourth-round, maybe fifth-round guy last year. I mean, he's seventh, eighth-round guy at, at best with – the. Jared Stenham throwing in the ball. We just, we, you know, we just um, let off our, our MailChimp that we sent out tonight, uh, this Tuesday night, um, reflecting on what has happened with the quarterback rankings with um, Deshaun Watson saying so long to DeAndre Hopkins and seeing uh, uh, seeing that player 
Hopkins move on to Arizona and what it's done with Kyler Murray. I thought maybe Kyler Murray being the third quarterback off the board, I thought that was just a one-time thing, but that fell in line with most of the drafts this weekend. And Watson has uh, dropped accordingly to where he may be one of the better buys, even without uh, Hopkins uh, as a receiver, as his number one target. Uh, Phillip Rivers to your beloved Colts, Fetch. It scares me because Philip Rivers is so 2000. You know, the new 2020 mm-hmm. quarterback has to be mobile, has to have some athleticism. And Philip Rivers has none of that. You know, we'll get into the coaching tree situations and why coaches tend to think that these moves will work. You know, these, these coaches that have, uh, have, memories of success together and feel they can replicate that they feel safer with what they know than taking any kind of chance at the position. But I see the rivers, the rivers acquisition, uh, a very underwhelming and I don't see it particularly working. I think, I think rivers, uh, I would really love as a guy. I've never had a lot of players, uh, with the San Diego Chargers and then the Los Angeles Chargers. I never was around them that much, so I don't know how it is with him in the locker room, but he would drive me crazy if on it, the field if I was his teammate. I would say, shut up and play football. Uh, he lo- he loves to talk. Loves to. If it can work anywhere for Phillip Rivers, it's Indy because of that offensive line. But as a Colts fan, I, I – hoping they have a plan for another quarterback because I mean the age is catching up with him the, he th- so many turnovers last year just throwing the ball up because he had no escapability no way when the pressure came for him to do anything so maybe if that line can play as well as it has at times and I believe Jacoby Percet was not the long-term answer either so i'm hoping this is a stopgap, and they are also going to have a plan in the draft but as you talked about with the, all this going on I, gms I, i've heard now are petitioning to get the draft moved back because how much information are these guys i, I know they have the tape of the rookies but the, they want to get them in and see what they can mm-hmm. do so um I, it's just going to be interesting what happens not only draft free agency i talking about fantasy what about the the new coaches are they going to be able to get OTAs to get these guys uh, their new offenses so I think that's a thing to really look at uh, your teams that have continuity may have uh, more success especially early in the year next year if we don't see teams have OTAs this year well there's a whole lot there's a whole lot that you mentioned there to cover now I'll, I'll attack the first thing and and the other good news coming from the NFL is that the powers that be at Park Avenue in New York have decided that they would change the format of the draft, but not the date of the draft. And I think that's a very, very important message about us having football. Now, general managers being a creature of habit, they want their information and they want it delivered to them on the proverbial scouting silver platter. And let me tell you, they, they've had overabundance of information come to them over the years, and they still make drastic, terrible mistakes. They'll be just fine with the information they have. Some teams didn't have a pro day. 
some players uh, won't have uh, the opportunity uh, to move up. Many of them that went to the combine will will stand on those numbers. And if you if you didn't have the combine you wanted, uh, you'll you'll have to live with it because you won't get the pro day. And it's a lot of big pro days. Fortunately, with the players I'm representing this year, we got all our pro days in. Players did well. Uh, one of the last ones was uh, uh, Oklahoma. I have a receiver uh, coming out of Oklahoma this year named Nick Baskeen. He's a good ball player, and uh, he ran a four-four-two and a good size player. And that's the kind of thing that you want to see at Pro Day because you go in there being aware of Baskeen, and you've got some question marks. They don't have any question marks about the uh, superstars with Gilmore and that group that did in Oklahoma. But our, our draft – Still occurring in April is is the best news uh, that we can we can possibly have. Now let's go. You know, seems like every year when we start talking about a team, we always look to Florida first, and let's keep that trend going. Let's look at one team this year. Off the top of your head, um, O.J. Howard, how many receptions last year? Fetch, can you recall? Thirty-five. Yep, you were right there. He's 34 receptions this year, and I think it's the same amount that he had last year. That's the most intriguing player uh, with Tom Brady coming to town. And then you take a look at one of the problems that we had with Mike Evans last year, uh, Mike Evans' uh, up and down performances, good, good numbers, but wildly unpredictable what you were going to get week to week. How do you how do you see the landscape changing for those two players? Very, very difficult to see. Uh, Tom Brady has, when he's had weapons like Mike Evans, uh, you, you think about Randy Moss, been able to mm. go down the field. And Bruce, boy, that's been a while too. Hasn't Bruce it? Arians wants to do that in this offense, but can Brady physically do it? Uh, I think some of yeah. the intriguing things in Tampa Bay are more. Cameron Brait and Scotty Miller mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you hope OJ can break out, but we just don't know. But we know Tom loves, loves to kind of control the middle of that field between the hashes and tight ends and, and who will do that. Yes. And who will be the running back? Uh, Dark, who will become the, who will become the James Lewis yeah, the, yeah. in it? The James White and the Tampa Bay, and it, so so you begin. Have you noticed in the three in the three drafts you were in? And Draftmaster is a different format, but have you noticed in the three drafts uh, that that the Tampa players are moving up the board because of Brady? First of all, Brady moved up the board hugely. I mean, I think in the first classic, wasn't he drafted in like the nineteenth or twentieth round? Twentieth round, twentieth round. Now uh, he he's a top ten quarterback out there being drafted almost. Um. I think Godwin and, and, and Evan still in the second round. I, I just think it's people guessing on Brait and Miller and Howard. Uh, I don't think anybody really has a feel yet of what what will help. Uh, I think Ronald Jones has uh, really solidified himself in the seventh and yes. eighth rounds, and I think that's going to just go up. I could see him by the time we're in um, – uh, Louisville at the Horseshoe, Cincinnati, him being a fourth or fifth round pick. Wouldn't that be something? You know, uh, we're in a situation with uh, 
recognizing two quarterbacks that have always been strong picks. I'll forget. I, I, I never forget Bobby Bama Butterfield telling me last year that it was going to be uh, Winston's year. And I, 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 Dave Gerzak still refers to Jameis Winston as Seamus Winston. And, you know, there's always been a deep divide and polar opposites on what that player's production is. And then everyone before his, before his body quit him, everyone always gives a tip of the cap, whether you like him or not, whether you have him on your team or not. Cam Newton was always a force. We got two players right there that we don't even know where they're going to play right now. Fitch. And because of this uh, no travel ban, it's hard for teams to get a look or bring them in. But yes, you got to believe teams are going to sign those players. I mean, Jameis is still, I mean, fifth year and he was a young guy coming out. I got to believe there's a place if anybody could just control those turnovers by Jameis, I think he still can be a starting quarterback in this league. Especially if he gets those eyes fixed. Hey, uh, yeah, can you, you know, can you think right now of a landing spot for Cam Newton? Because honestly, I can't. Cam is much tougher because he's older, because he's been banged up uh, and injuries. And to do this running style quarterback, it's hard to pay him this big money and you not know if he's healthy. In a Cam Newton situation and, and, and some of the uncertainties that you talked about, uh, from an agent standpoint, I might be tempted to say, you know what, let's just look at you. Let's get your body right. Let's take you out of training camp, take you out of the early games, and let's wait for when someone needs you. And then you can come in and save that team as a healthy player. It would be an interesting way, and it might be a hard way to get a competitor to buy into that because it'd be hard for him to sit on the sidelines for a few weeks. But it it could be lucrative, and it could find Cam Newton the right match. Coach Rivera, I got a kick out of it this week. I doubt if this created many ripples in the fantasy community, but, you know, Coach Rivera doesn't hold a grudge. He had to go to Kyle Allen with the injury to Cam Newton. And uh, Kyle Allen, uh, with some of the other players there in Carolina, uh, finally coached, uh, finally cost Coach Rivera his job. Coach doesn't – you don't have to cry for him very long. He lands the job immediately now with the Redskins. Who does he acquire? Kyle Allen. Right, and another quarterback situation. Very interesting that he knows Cam – and really wasn't much interest from the Redskins for Cam. And I think part of that, when you talk about Cam waiting, it may be a best idea for him because I don't know how he, he would handle being a backup quarterback in this league or trying to help a young guy like Dwayne Haskins uh, prepare for a game. Now, you hate to say anything bad about his character. I just think he's a competitor, and I don't know how well Cam would just handle that his competitiveness all week, knowing that he's not going to go out and be the guy. Oh, it would be, it would be an impossible quarterback room and that might drift over into the locker room. You know, sometimes this whole mix of ball players is addition, you know, it's addition by subtraction sometimes. And I think we could subtract, um, you know, that player from that roster and the Carolina uh, Panthers already have Teddy Bridgewater fetch. What do you think? Got another uh, wide receiver signed today in Robbie Anderson. I think uh, with Christian McCaffrey back there, I think Teddy is a good option on your fantasy team. He's not going to be your number one guy, 
but I would definitely, according to the schedule, uh, look for him to be a quality backup that's going to get you, you know, 17 to 18 points most weeks. You know, uh, people from the University of Louisville have to be excited this year as a U of L player. Um, big ticket Makai Becton goes uh, probably in the first four or five picks. Uh, Lamar Jackson uh, was a top pick in the draft. Teddy was a top pick in the pick in the draft, and it's a great situation when you can get those Louisville players uh, scattered around the league and doing really well. But this is what everyone who loves Teddy, and if you know him. You pretty much love him. Anyone that loves Teddy has been waiting for him to have this kind of chance. So he'll be overdrafted in Louisville, won't you oh, say? definitely. Always Louisville <laughs> players, and especially Teddy because of how loved. I could see him, you know, 12th, 13th round. He's probably more of a 15th, 16th round guy. Fetch, uh, you enjoyed the drafts this weekend? Oh, had a great time, uh, especially the intrigue with, with the rookies and we not knowing where they're going. Um, I always struggle with his name, but the running back from LSU on Saturday, my uh, my nemesis, Jim Cole, drafted him two picks before me. Of course, Farrell, Fer- mm-hmm. what, what do I have to pay to get Jim Cole not next to me? Two of the three drafts, Jim Cole yeah. was re- right next to me stealing my players. But oh, so you're you're in other words, you're drafting at what num one number and, and he's, he's he's either nine or he's nine, uh in the next I was ten, he was I nine, you. I was uh seven, he was six. So but I did get the player, the I can't think of the LSU's running back off the top of my head, but I, I really like him in the draft in some ways more um than DeAndre Swift and Jonathan Taylor because of his pass catching ability. Uh and and Oh, Jonathan Taylor is just is shot up the board to run rookie picks. And you know, I everyone knows my favorite rookie running back, and he's much, Kelly much from, further from down LA, the board. UCLA. UCLA, UCLA's uh, uh, Joshua Kelly, uh, the player that I will always uh, regret not getting the chance to go uh, have a meeting with, but he and I have stayed in touch, and, and it's one of the finest guys I've met in a long time um, uh, coming out of college, and I think big, big things happen for this player, of course, if he goes to the right team. But, you know, there's certain running backs that are so talented, they're going to get on the field. You know, it's you, you go back to Henry, uh, you go back to Derrick Henry, and you say, you know, when, when, when are they going to let him on the field? They finally let him on the field, and look what happened. So there's no guarantee that the most obvious choice will always play. But in, in Joshua Kelly's uh, situation, I hope that's the chance. Fetch the uh, – we, we had 19, we, let's see, we had 36 teams uh, playing the Draft Masters. They were owned uh, by 19 owners. And a uh, shout-out to Jimmy Johnson, who is out uh, driving the trucks and getting the goods to to all the people uh, throughout the Midwest. I talked to Jimmy from Chicago uh, when he was rolling south down 65, and Jimmy would be happy to know that it, at least on Wolf Spring Drive, as we talk fantasy football tonight, that the bar uh, is open. Jimmy played this weekend. We had a guy from California play, Robert Smash Jackson, a new player in the league. And he said, wow, he goes, he goes, the competition here is really, really tough. He goes, I had one hell of a headache after both drafts. So there's a pretty good compliment for you guys. Oh, it, it was tough competition. And when you throw in this uh, 
wrinkle with the rookies not knowing what the teams made it really interesting. And I, I mean, I had a good time. Draft Masters is always a, especially early in this season, a fun way to do it because you talk a guy like Mike Evans. Mike Evans has a lot of value in these Draft Masters because he puts up those big numbers and you don't have to uh, be saddled with the stinkers if you have a good uh, depth at the wide receiver position. You know, Fetch, we've got um, Cincinnati coming up. Now, we had been at the Jack Casino. That property has been sold, bought by a name uh, that that I've enjoyed always uh, spending time at their properties when I've been in Las Vegas. That's a Hard Rock, so that'll be the Hard Rock Cincinnati will be the site of our live draft one day only on Sunday in August. And then our, uh, our main event uh, in Louisville, um, is the 26th to the 28th. So we're Sunday the 21st in Cincinnati. I'm hoping that's right because I'm doing it from deep memory. And uh, then uh, the 20, 26th through 28th, you think I've got those dates right, Fetch. And that's not, that's not any longer at the Horseshoe. That's now Caesars, Indiana, which we lovingly refer to as Caesars Louisville. Um, fetch the, um, what have you signed up for this week? I, I, I are, just, are any well, I of just them yet? looked today. I have not signed up for them yet. I think your dates, it's, it's the 28th, or it's the 29th and 30th. 20. Okay. 28th, 29th and 30th. And, and that would be the 20th in, in Cincinnati. 23rd in Cincinnati. Okay, good. Well, you know, it, it's, uh, when all when August turns, it's all turning towards fantasy football. We'll uh, uh, with old, old boy Jesse Bumstead's help, we will we will get the dates right, and uh, we will be there. Um, our good friend Brendan Bergen returns to the draft this oh, year. He'll Fetch. be back. He's uh, had some success the last couple of years. That always brings him back, doesn't it? You know, it's it's a big big it's a big help to. Uh, to win a little bit, uh, my good friend J.R. Fenton from out in uh, from out in California. You know, he got some winners. He got them in the draft master format. He won a uh, he won a big payback play in, and uh, he finished uh, either second or third in the draft master this year. The uh, the three hundred dollar buy in draft master. So draft masters may be uh, uh, becoming his thing. So Fenton, if you're listening. Uh, the, you know, we're having them this week, so you probably ought to get in them. Um, fetch, we have a new uh, way and we are trying it out for the first night, uh, for the first time tonight. We, uh, we have a new app to uh, record our podcast on, and it's uh, pretty exciting for us because we would like as much as you, myself and Justin have always, uh, hogged the mic. We would, we would like the aspect of having uh, callers, uh, join us from, from around the KFFSC and our, uh, our app is called anchor and we uh, invite anyone that wants to join us on the podcast to download anchor and we can talk about it and we can get you in here. And uh, you know, some of the other, uh, some of the, some of the players can get a different viewpoint uh, other than what, uh, other than what fetch and I and Justin throw around. Have you got fetch? Have you got one favorite player that you can give me that either has changed rosters and become more attractive, or there's been some depletion in his roster 
which makes him even more attractive to you this year than he ever has. I missed out on him this week, and I'm very disappointed. It, it's kind of funny because uh, we fought, we've debated this over and over, but I'm now Thielen over Diggs. It's always for me been Diggs over Thielen, but now it's Thielen over Diggs. I think him being the guy now in Minnesota, not that he hasn't been those couple of years, but Diggs took away so much. He is the guy there now. And as much as I know you love Josh Allen, and Diggs is, will always be a favorite of mine. I do not like those cold, windy December games <laughs> when everything's on the line in Buffalo. So I, 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 I'm feeling over Diggs. I know that you probably love to hear that from me. <laughs> I think a lot of drafters will too. Did Thielen move into the second round, or has he been? No, he, he's he's still a third, third rounder, no matter yeah. what. You know, yeah, it, it, Thielen will be a, a third draft pick for his entire career. You know, one of the obvious ones will be uh, Eckler, and uh, you know, everyone knows that. Um, here's one that I have a question for you. We'll finish up on this one tonight. Uh, in moving, and and we all saw it coming, but Todd Gurley becoming an Atlanta Falcon. What does that mean for Todd Gurley, and who steps up in Los Angeles? Answer the Gurley question first, if you can, at this point in time. Gurley, the t- I mean, still injury concerns. I think it's a great opportunity. I saw Adam Schefter um, tweet out, Atlanta now is going to have the opportunity to start 10 first-round picks on offense. Think about that. Crazy, crazy. So the talent is going to be there. It's just going to be spreading the wealth around. And really the biggest winner there may be Matt Ryan. And he's probably being underdrafted because he maybe should be a top five quarterback with all that talent around him. Um, But going back, what was this? Oh, who's uh, Henderson? I mean, he was the hot shot last year. I mean, Malcolm Brown can get it done. And we saw with our boy CJ Anderson that, Anybody can be effective in that offense, but I got to believe Daryl Henderson is going to be the biggest beneficiary to Todd Gurley being gone. My prediction is that the Los Angeles Rams go quickly into the rookie running back market, and some of the guys that uh, that we've been talking about tonight uh, could show up in a Rams uniform. Fetch, it has been a pleasure tonight speaking with you. It's late. Uh, the bar will continue to be open. We've uh, – We've had a rough time in the world since Super Bowl Sunday, but one of the things we can count on, I believe, is a timely NFL season and uh, an event that we will have, um, our KFFSC live events in Cincinnati and Louisville going off as we expect. In the meantime, we're going to have plenty of online opportunities. And, Fetch, you know, um, the Super Bowl in 2021 Everyone mark it on your calendar because KFFSC will be hosting its first annual uh, Super Bowl viewing party and draft at Caesars, Indiana. We'll be in the main ballroom. Uh, It's going to be a great way to introduce um, the league to new people. Uh, It's going to be a great way for everybody to get together while bragging rights are still fresh after they have won. Uh, their KFFSC uh, divisions. Just roll that money over, right? 
well, you know what? You got to take some of that money and and uh, and do what you need to do with it. I want to I want to congratulate uh, uh, all of our players this year that and and really how much I appreciate the fact that uh, the word is that hey, Farrell, we're looking to do more, and uh, you know it's uh, uh, some of the players that uh, that that our guys have introduced to the league, you know, for early players that have come in the league, you know, that's, that's what they, the guys that are in their second, third year. They say, I want to do more. And it's been a, been a real thrill. That's why we're having an expanded schedule. The boys from FPI will get their wish fetch and they'll have a uh, midnight. Yeah. <laughs> they, yeah. They will have their midnight draft at the horseshoe live, which ought to be a whole lot of fun and fetch. Keep your auction schools uh, skills well honed. Uh, we're going to offer uh, for the first time in Cincinnati an ancillary draft and it's going to be an auction and we're going to want fetch to run it. So I want to spring that on you publicly where you can't say no. Turn it away. Brother, have a nice evening. Uh, Thank you. Any closing words for one, I, the I, rest I, of the KFSC world? First of all, I'm sure everybody is wishing mama a great recovery. We're so glad to hear she's back with you there, Farrell. Also, Farrell, I, I think we all should just thank all our first responders. I'm sure there's many players in there that have wife that may be doctors or nurses. So thank all of them at this time that uh, they help out in a critical time. They've made a real difference. And, uh, you know, it, it, you never can understate uh, the value of people that are devoted and uh, engaged in that business. And I've had the unique perspective uh, for the last six, seven weeks, seeing uh, at least one, if not two of them on a daily basis. And as each day goes by, your your appreciation grows strong. Fetch, let's call it quits for tonight. Let's get together here in another couple of days, and we'll uh, hopefully have some league-wide players and our good man, uh, Justin McCord, back join us. Thank you, buddy. Bye.